around 2003, around that time when I started to see just how powerful that shit really had become. Like, it really changed the world, to be honest. The way I see it, like, hip-hop music changed the world. Like, it became the most biggest marketed fucking branding tool for, like, everything from fucking food. Look at the new song that this guy Pusha T did yesterday yeah. about yeah, Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He kind of killed it. You know what I'm saying? In a funny way, like... Hi, I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore... Well, you guessed it, hip-hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip-hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right. Let's get into it. Everybody, yeah, you're tuned in at the right time because I'm with a great artist, the one and only Dax Empire. Uh, one, of the, one of the people who you may have kind of gone under the radar because for whatever reason, just in the underground doing his thing. But if you haven't heard of him, definitely check him out. He's worked with some amazing artists. And if you ever want credibility... You get through, get it through amazing artists. Prodigy, Raekwon of Wu-Tang. He's worked with Capone. He's worked with Styles P. Literally, the, the list goes on and on. You've also opened for 50 Cent as well. So, I mean, it's hard to really talk about you without giving you some props. I appreciate that, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I definitely feel you. I, I definitely feel that. I, I'm, like, right under the radar for a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? I, I really do music because I love it. I don't really care for like credentials or like <clears throat> being like certified in people's eyes. Public opinion never really moved me. I just love music. But you know, in my journey, um, I always did things to the best of my ability and whether it was networking, dot connecting, rapping, executive producing old projects. And, and in that mission, you know what, my goal was always to work with the best, you know what I'm saying? And the people that I grew up uh, loving and, and, and learning from, you know what I'm saying? The rap grapes. And I definitely feel like I was fortunate enough to make some of those things happen, you know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Prodigy. You know, he was a, a, an amazing artist, but he was a really good guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was a good guy. So I'm, I'm blessed that I was able to do a lot of these things, man. So, yeah. Well, talk to me about the getting the props because, like, Everyone says that I want the props, but like I know deep down, we all want to get the recognition. Like you've done some really cool stuff, right? Like you've done some really cool things that people in their careers would want to do. But is there still a part of you that's like, you know what? Getting my flowers would be really good. Like getting I the mean, recognition would be great. I definitely would love to be respected by other great artists and more people for my craft. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody just, you know, part of, I think, hip-hop and rap, too, is that competitiveness and everybody wanting to be the best. And if you're from New York, the king of New York and things of that nature, you know what I'm saying? And I definitely have that in me, but I kind of was someone that always was more a fan of kind of like the big picture and, and, and what the greater meaning was and all these things. And so, you know, I definitely wouldn't mind some flowers. But, but with my peers, I have that respect. And with guys that, you know, a lot of people look up to, 
they have respect for me. And for me, it, it's enough, man. You know what I'm saying? It feels good. Like, I don't make hip-hop looking to make money. You know what I'm saying? I spend more money just recording and doing all the things you got to do to really create music than I've ever gotten back. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I definitely do it out of love, for sure. But, you know, it, it's cool to get your respect when you put that work in, though. You're right about that, for sure. Well, I think you're a little less egocentric than I am because I definitely am like... I love this and I'll still do this. And I've always said, I'll still do this more. Like I'll do this forever. I don't care if anyone listens to it. Well, I care, but like, you know what I mean? Like no, I to, to rappers is the best thing ever. And I always tell people like, if I could go back to when I was a kid to think that I could be in a position where I can just talk to artists, like I wouldn't think it was possible. So if no one listened, I honestly would just keep doing it. Cause I'm just, I, it's just cool to me. But at the same time, might as well get some credit, you know? Nah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's, ni it's nice when, you know, when you get a nice article where they actually listen to the music and they really take the time to, what is this guy doing? You know what I'm saying? I see he's around people. I see he's in the mix. But do you really, li like Jay-Z said it, do you listen or do you just skim through it? Like, you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people, they get so caught up in the social media aspect of artistry now that they don't even really dig into the music like that. And once they see, oh my God, this is popular, I'm just gonna like zone in on everything that's this and they start to, they forget to dig. Hip hop is so diverse and so fucking broad. Every fucking continent, every city, every state, like there's a lot of great stuff out there. You know what I'm saying? And literally, you know, needle in the haystack, most great artists are overlooked, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely a crazy game. I feel you on that, for sure. Well, I do agree, though, that part of hip hop is digging that, you know, and, and it's different because like in the digital era, you dig differently to when you were digging 20 years ago. So like yeah. you still got to dig. And so I always tell people that like the thing about hip hop is you like a track. You got to find out who the producer is. You got to find out who the features were and you really try and find their other shit. So if you like the yeah. sound, find the producer or find the sound engineer and find out what else they were working on. And that's how you find other artists. That's how you really build a catalog of music that you like rather than a catalog of music that's, like you say, popular. It might be popular at the same time, but that's how you do it. I think that was a good thing that you said to a keyword being catalog. You know what I'm saying? I tell a lot of people sometimes don't sit on the music. Drop it, you know what I'm saying? Let it fly. And nothing worse than keeping a record all the way in the tuck forever and never letting it see the light of day for, for no reason, apparently. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely one of those things where that catalog really can turn you on to a lot of new fans. You know what I'm saying? They might hear that one thing and then, oh, shit, you don't have any other music out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, fuck, he doesn't even have nothing else. But when you have a catalog, and that's one thing, I definitely dropped a lot of music in the last few years. I started to see... The traction was better the more I dropped. You know what I'm saying? People were digging more and I was getting more new fans and more people that were really checking for the music and really listening. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, that catalog is important, man. It's definitely important. I recommend build your catalog. All artists, all new up and coming artists, don't pay too much attention to whatever anybody else is saying. Drop that music, man. Drop that music. Yeah, I think the challenge with for young artists is that they drop singles to begin with. But it's like if you dropped one single and I love it and that's all you got, I'm like, well, 
then what else? I ain't got anything else. Like I might be keen for the second single, but if I have to wait 12 months before a second single drops, I'm going to be like, well, you know, are you really into it? Yeah, you're right. And I think that's that big machine label type of mentality. You know, they're always looking for the hit single, you know, the one hit wonder where they can, you know, monetize off a big record worldwide and then, you know, fuck it if he has anything else, you know what I'm saying? So you're right. Definitely right about that, man. You got a lot of sense, man. You you know your music business, man. (laughs) Well, I got to say, I think there's some things that make sense to me as like, because I'm not a rapper myself, but I there's things that I see that make, make good business sense. Like, you know, before I dropped the podcast, I recorded 10 episodes before I dropped any and I released three at the same time because I was like, mm. if you like the first or you like one of them, I want to give you more content before I drop the following week. So I was like, I'm going to give you three. So I'm always Smart. like, if I'm, if I'm the artist or if I'm, you know, trying to sell it, I just think that you're better off giving a little bit too much than yeah. not enough, especially at the beginning. Like what I would do personally, if I was an artist, I would come out with two singles and I'd drop them at the same time. And then I'd be saying that I got an album coming in the next couple of weeks. And so I, that's what I'm yeah. doing, building hype and heat. And you got a date for when the album drops. So like, yeah, yeah. So that you can you're, have that story. Start now and letting them know that there's a, a main course coming down the line. That, yeah. Well done, man. And you got to have a plan. You know what I'm saying? Like music, hip hop, like you were right though. And I, and I said I did music for the love, but obviously, you know, if I can recoup some of that bread, I will. You know what I'm saying? So it is a business, you know what I'm saying? And if you don't have a plan or like a strategy or how you're going to roll these things out, because, you know, no matter what anybody says, it takes money to do this shit correctly. You know what I'm saying? Every major label, every company, every artist, there's all money for marketing and promotions and recording and features and production and this, that, and the third. So it's like, you know, a lot of times people don't take all those things into account. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot that goes into this shit. And if you don't know your business side of the music, you just, you know, you just you just kind of waste the money. You know what I'm saying? At that point, you know what I'm saying? And definitely, we don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Or, I think they see the challenges. They see the greats, and they drop their first album, and it goes big. So what they're trying to do is like, oh, if I don't drop an album, it doesn't count. So I'm going to drop singles, so that because it takes away the pressure. But realistically, yeah. they were all dropping EPs. They were yeah. all dropping EPs and they were all working on shit before their first studio album. Like that's that's what it is. It's their studio album, but they were all dropping shit. Like yeah. Biggie was working in the streets. 50 Cent was working in the streets. His first studio album was the one that blew off. But everything else up until that point, he had to hustle. Yeah, for real. He had to hustle and pay out of pocket, you know what I'm saying, like to get shit done. You know what I'm saying? He's a great, he's one of the, the best success stories and examples of having to grind that shit out when everybody's fucking against you and finding a way. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then, you know, all that grind turned into the proper people respecting his hustle and then hearing what the fuck he was putting together. And then you get all these magnificent ingredients like Dr. Dre and Eminem and, you know, a humongous budget. And then you have magic. You know what I'm saying? So he, he definitely brought. 90% of it to the table. And then there was the things that came to whatever, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, you know, there's a, a lot going on, man. It's a lot going on. Well, how was it touring with him? Because 
he's very much like this figure in hip hop where it's like, he's bigger than life. He says it how it is. He's got this image that he's like very direct. He doesn't pull any punches. He's a perfectionist. Did you experience that when you were touring with him or opening? I never toured with him, but we did shows locally here in New York where we opened up for him. And then my old manager works for Shady Records. So I was around them a lot. I mean, I was with 50 Cent, uh, I want to say a few weeks ago at the Power Premiere Party. You know, I'm also in the nightlife business as well. And we had uh, booked him and his, you know, his whole little cast to do their party for the thing. And, you know, we spoke about things from the past. I mean, he's he's definitely not the same 50 today that he was 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has evolved. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was definitely a lot more aggressive and more I don't I don't want to say like egotistical he, he's kind of always like feeling himself but he was definitely more like of a he could be more of a dick back then like if he didn't know you he didn't fuck with you like you might get a weird attitude out of him you know what I'm saying like who is this guy type of shit but in all of his business dealings from what I can see and how he we interacted a few weeks ago it's like night and day, you know what I'm saying? Like he's really more calm and collective now. You know, I try to give him a pound, he shook my hand. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it went from this to to see you. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, so it, it is what it is. But you know, in the shows, like he was, he was always like a down to earth guy, though. You know what I'm saying? Like he was never afraid to talk to people or be with the people. You know what I'm saying? So he definitely always had that confidence, but knew, you know being one with everyone and is important you know what i'm saying when you lose that sense of reality where you can't be around people and shit like a kanye west you know they got you hidden in the wyoming you're all fucking outcast to do weird shit look what happens you know what i'm saying you ostracize yourself and your fucking world gets you know thrown upside down you know what i'm saying and i think 50 handled success and fame a lot better than most people and learn how to turn everything that he was learning on the go into better business on the fly you know what i'm saying he's a, he's a fucking genius that guy I think the one thing he does better than anyone else is he leans into any controversy or anyone making fun of him. He like leans into it. Like he doesn't <laughs> fight it. You know, all those memes that were coming out about him being fat and he, he loved it. He was posting the, the, and it's like, that's how you do it. You don't fight it. You don't tell people you're annoyed. You go, this is funny. And people respect you yeah. for it and they have fun and they, they take a shot back at him you know what i'm saying which he does very well you know what i'm saying so you know, yeah i mean you gotta have thick skin in this game you know what i'm saying hip-hop you know motherfuckers will diss you for anything you know what i'm saying the rap beefs are every few days you know what i'm saying like I, I was looking at um the indirects between you know the slaughterhouse guys this week and i'm like damn bro like you know, I've been around all of them. They're all cool guys, you know what I'm saying? I respect all of them. And it's sad when these type of things happen because, you know, sides are chosen and it makes things weird and whatever. And then there's subliminals and all this shit. It's like, damn. And, you know, and this happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of the nature of hip-hop is to be combative. You know what I'm saying? Go at each other. So, you know, you got to have thick skin in this game, man. You know, and if, you're, if you can't handle people talking about you, this shit ain't for you. You know what I mean? Well, what's your take on it? Because, you know, I'm a fan of Slaughterhouse. I've been a fan since they dropped their first album. Um, I, you know, Royce was always my guy personally, but then the more I listened to it, the more I was like, oh shit, I really like Crooked and I really like 
Joel, and then I I really like Joe Budden, and and it's like so because I I found Royce through Eminem, and it was like that's my pathway into finding them. But then that and now I listen to Crooked Eye and and or King Crooked. He he goes by both, but um, and I listen to all those guys. Crooked is definitely like you know a super assault wordsmith beast monster. But Royce, like you, you said, is definitely special. You know what I'm saying? Like when I first heard Royce over the Primo joint, leave me in the deck too long, I'll blow up your box. Boom! I was like, wow. And it's just like, I was like, oh, shit, this is crazy. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, I get it. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a part of a group as well, you know, and there's times when I know that we don't always see eye to eye, you know what I'm saying? We all think differently. We all have our own ways of doing shit and i definitely think it's hard to be in a group sometimes um especially when there's money involved you know what i'm saying so you know they were already kind of at a level and then for whatever happened internally you know there was a rupture and a split you know and i think you know maybe some of the guys wanted to do some more music and some of them did it and how long do you go back and forth it's like a tough one you know what i'm saying like it's one of those things where you know you just kind of gotta accept it and you know, like the album, listen to it if you fuck with it, you know what I'm saying? And don't if you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it would be cool if they got back together, you know what I'm saying? And did one last album or some shit, but, you know, I, I won't be mad if they don't because I, I get it, you know what I'm saying? I understand shit don't always, you know, between brothers, you might love someone and can't really fuck with them like that, you know what I'm saying? So I get it. Well, I mean, Joe's retired from music anyway. He's He's doing his podcast thing and that's really successful and he's loving that. So like, you know, there's no real value for him to use it, to be honest. Sorry. What'd you say? I think it brought him a little more success than the music, to be honest. The podcast thing really kind of like made him more of a household name than the bars, I believe. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I get it. Why fuck up a good thing? You know what I'm saying? You're making money, you're lit, you're doing good. I don't know. It's tough. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, if your brothers are, yo, come on, bro, let's do this, this song. Is it that hard to just, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just tough, you know, personal uh, shit. I, I don't feel like Royce wants to do it either. It feels like, it just feels like they don't, like they're just doing their own thing because they're their own recognized names. You know, they are really big. They've got their own brands that like, they're now going. And I think that's what the problem is that when you get to that level, when you're all really successful, you start thinking about number one, not, the crew as a collective and so your solo album becomes a priority as opposed to the group album yeah and even doing his p rhyme thing and things of that nature you know like everybody evolves you know what i'm saying and sometimes people grow apart you're right and for them it might but it, it might have been a good era and that era might be over you know what i'm saying like forever you know it is what it is you know what i'm saying have you heard the album what do you think of it yeah i, I did listen to it i mean i'm surprised they talk about the things that they talk about so publicly. Like I didn't expect them to be like, you know, this is what it was like backstage. This is what people are saying. These are the people who we blame. Like, and I was just like, oh, this is a surprise to me. Like, I like that they did it. Yeah. What I'm I not a huge fan of is like everyone getting on IG live and talking it out. Like what I would love to hear personally is like if Royce came back with the track, that's what I would love. It's probably not the best for their friendship, so I get that. It's probably not best for like them personally, but as a fan, he might. 
I'm but you see, you, you see, he's been irked a little that he felt the need to post that shit about the billboard. Still, he his feelings are still in it. So you know, you push, you poke the bear too much, that motherfucker might go off. I mean, he's a beast. You know what I'm saying, like, he raps on like another plateau. You know what I'm saying, like, the average, you know, I, I don't even think the average person could really comprehend the type of things that he's literally putting together with words. You know what I'm saying, but. I don't know, man. It, it, it seems that Adam, between him and Joe, he'd likely respond before Joe would. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, Joe would speak on the podcast. I think he's already spoken on the podcast on it. But like, as in, yeah, I think I don't know. I, I don't think Royce will say anything. It doesn't feel like he will. Like he, I don't know. Maybe he will. I, it just doesn't feel like that. He's not. He hasn't been super like combative when it comes to his tracks recently like he's just focused on his own music he kind of alluded to the fact that you know he still loves them but whatever these issues are over here it's too much to want to fix so it's like you know whatever it is what it is and personally you know royce my favorite royce album well one of my favorites was uh bad meets evil hell the sequel where it goes head to head with eminem and in my opinion i think he wins the album I would agree with you. You know what I'm saying? I, I you know, I'm working um, around Shady Records for many years. I definitely studied him more, listened to things more probably than the average person, seen some really great shows and shit. But Royce definitely, you, you, you can hear and feel that they started together, that there's a real synchronicity within them and how they do their thing from where they're from. But I definitely agree. I definitely think that Royce, Royce's bars, I think maybe it might be his voice tone. It's more digestible. So in some ways, he gets the better of him, in my opinion, on that album as well. You know what I'm saying? Like not taking away from Eminem. Eminem is a fucking beast. We all know this. I don't want people to go crazy on Twitter and start tweeting me all crazy. But, you know, Royce is not to be fucked with. You know what I'm saying? Well, I always say just listen to the album. Literally go track by track and tell me who wins each track. And I think Royce wins more tracks than M does. And I think... You know, Stan's are fucking crazy. They don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> it is what it is. You can't be on top forever. You can't win everything. But, you know, it's good. It, it just shows that there are some other talented guys out there. There are other talented artists that are really competing. And Royce is definitely one of them. And then... Because Royce is one of them, then you look at King Crooked, and King Crooked is one of them, and so on and so forth. And that it goes back to finding artists that you like. This is how you do it: is you find you're like legitimately like this is this person is really good. They work with this person and this person and this person and this person. Same with like the Wu Tang crew. You can find so many artists because of who they've worked with. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I still am a real nostalgic person. So I'd say 50% of the time when I'm listening to music, it's from that golden era because it's just, to me, it's just unmatched in quality and sound. Um, and I came up under Wu-Tang. I, I, shit, I was in the studio with Buddha Monk and fucking Dirty Before He Passed making beats on a train with RZA drum kits when I was a teenager. You know what I'm saying? Like my friend used to date um, Buddha Monk's sister, and Buddha Monk was one of the Brooklyn Zoo, you know what I'm saying? So I was around them real early in the Kingston Lounge and fucking Crown Heights, and, you know, I, I was like a young guy who saw a lot of things but close, you know what I'm saying? So even Sean P, rest in peace, rock, you know what I'm saying? I know his his birthday was the other day, uh, 50th birthday, 
you know, I used to be in the studio with my longtime friend, a uh, producer named A-Dub, and back when Ruck was, you know, first starting, you know what I'm saying? I used to be around these guys, like, in, in the in the in the time when, like, hip-hop was really, like, turning into something worldly powerful, you know what I'm saying? And just to have watched these guys, and I rapped back then, you know what I'm saying? But, you know... When you were in the room back then with people that were already, a lot of times you were just a fly on the wall because you were lucky to even be in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a different time. Like there was no, there wasn't that many studios like that. There wasn't that many outlets. Like if you were lucky to be in some of these rooms, it was like a real blessing. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, you know, I, I find myself always going back and fucking with the sounds that I grew up listening to. You know what I'm saying? So for me, like when I when I look for when I hear something new, I usually hear it on satellite radio. I like to listen to satellite radio and go back and forth to the channels between Shade 45, Hip Hop Nation, or the LL Cool and listen for new things. Because I like hearing new cool stuff. I just think that hip hop got to a place, whether it's trap, drill, or underground, like where everything has so much repetitiveness within its little subgenre that everything sounds the same right now. Like dudes are not really focused on being extremely unique and original. Trent, yeah, I think your audio cut out. Make sure my Wi-Fi is on. Yeah, my Wi-Fi is good. I got four bars. Um, but yeah, man, you know. So what's the, what, what's the hip-hop scene in Australia these days right now? It's actually getting bigger. It's one of these things. So, like, I've loved hip-hop since 2003. 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying was the first album I ever heard in my life. Fucking amazing album. So, but I was nine at that time. So, so I grew up in an era where hip hop wasn't big in Australia. I grew up in an era where at school, every single kid was like, what the fuck is this? They want to listen to like their indie stuff and they want to listen to, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to it. I had my own kind of music. So growing up, all I did was listen to like US music. And all I did was listen to Golden Age and I listened to Big Pun and I listened to, you know, all these artists. And I had a couple of friends who were into hip hop and, and they would be like, hey, listen to this, listen to this. And it was like Game, Eminem, 50 Cent, Royce. And then you're starting to build the catalog of what you're listening to. But I never got into Aussie hip hop. And now we're seeing the success rise in Aussie artists. So for me, it's okay. like a job to get back into the sound because they all sound like me. And I'm like, I don't really want to listen to myself. Like, I don't want to listen. <laughs> Aussie accent isn't like the thing for me because it doesn't, like, I'm not used to, it's not cool. So you don't like UK rappers either then? I actually like UK rappers. I, I like what they, I, I don't know. There's something about, again, it's different to to me. So like I listened to grime before I listened to Aussie hip hop. So like I was... I was shown it and I'm like, the the beats are different. Like they use like EDM kind of inspired beats. But if you put grime artists on classic hip hop beats, they would be fire. And so I can recognize that. I'm still working on getting the Aussie sound because I'm like, I still hear the, the accent first. And there are still tracks that I like. Like I interviewed Johnny P. He's really good. But like, it's just a work in progress for me, but this, the culture itself is starting to blow up. You're starting to see people go overseas. You're starting to see people book shows like Chillin' It is doing it as well. And 
we just like I see all over the internet that Aussie hip hop is is blowing up, but it's like still a work in progress for me personally. Well, that's good, man. Hey, maybe you should consider opening your own label one day, man, and helping to curate the future artists of Aussie that you know align with your way of seeing things. You know what I'm saying? You you definitely know your hip hop. You know what I'm saying? And I definitely respect people that really like understand what this shit is about how it started, where it went, where is it going? Yeah, as for starting to label myself, uh, I th- see the thing is, I don't know, I still think I got a lot to learn when it comes to, like I know a lot, but I also know that I don't know a lot. Does that make sense? Have you been to a studio before with people recording music? No, no. Wow. Because no, I'm not, because what it is, I'm not like a musical person. Like I've got, I think I've got an ear for things that I like and things that I think make sense. And like, I'm starting to pick up like different okay. contrasts, but like, I'm not friends with any artists who are like, Hey, come in and, and let me know what you think. I'd never say no to that. If God. someone was like, Hey, come in. Um, but it's not like, it's not the scene that I'm in. It's, it's just like, I'm just a, a huge fan. If anyone was like, come in, I'd be like, hell yeah. Like, are you sure you want someone who knows nothing to come in with you? But I would love to do something like that. Bro, I, you know what? Well, did you hear me before? I, I respect you. One of the main reasons why I did the podcast was because, you know, you, I see how seriously you take your craft. The reality is, is that you actually bring something really positive and dope to hip hop culture. And that's what the game will always need. People that care about the music, care about the artistry, want to like learn and, and, you know, give that information out to people and you do it in a good, very professional way. So, you know, people like me, when they see people like you that take their shit serious, I like working with people like that. I like working with people that give a fuck about what it is they're putting out into the world. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, definitely pat yourself on the back because, you know, from shit, what is this? 10,000 miles away or some shit, you know, you, you you have my respect, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know you personally, but just of what I was able to scan and look at and check out and listen to, I was like, okay, this guy is for real, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you're on the right track, bro. You know what I'm saying? Just keep going because you're definitely close. I appreciate it. And to be honest, there's, you know, and for everyone who, you know, I'm sure you've had the same thing, Dax, is like, you know, there are days where you're like, oh, what's the point? There are days where it's like, this is a grind and you see other people doing well. And like in my head, like I'm competitive. So like in my, it's my own head is going like, I see other people doing well and it's like, I want to do better. And so like, it's just like, so even this week I had that thought is like, what's, and, and I'll know I never quit, but I also yeah. know that I could, there's like this weird kind of feeling, but I appreciate, you know, and for me personally, people have asked like, would you ever like try and, you know, test your guests? Would you ever like, you know, try and pick them out? And I'm like, but I actually like the people I speak to. Like, why would I want to try and fuck them over? Like, there's no point for me to do that. Because I want to to talk to them. Like, I'm not one of these shock jocks on the radio who's like trying to get, you know, trying to trick you into saying something you don't want to say. To make you say sensational stuff or to go viral. Fuck that. I want you to want to come back and I want you to be like, you know, he did a good job. That's what I want. I Like, I know there's longevity in that, but if you yeah, see that. Absolutely. 
And, you know, when you're building with people from the ground up, you know, you never know which one of the artists that you have interviewed that, you know, right here, right under the surface of mainstream success, and boom, they break through. And all of a sudden, they're like, yo, I remember you supporting me back when I was on the come up. I'm going to give you that big interview now. I'm going to give you that exclusive record to play. Because it'd be like that. You know what I'm saying? There are some good people in the world that don't forget the people that were there for them. You know what I'm saying? When they were in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? Because the success is definitely like hard to attain in the music business. So whoever, you know, the, don't believe the hype. You know what I'm saying? Guys will have a whole lot of look and be broke as hell. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. You you definitely doing your part though in the right way. So you know what I'm saying. Much respect to you. You know what I'm saying. Like sure. If you ever well, come to New York, bro, I got you 100. <laughs> percent Well, same. If you come down here, we can do this in person. But I was going to say, hopefully, you're one of the ones that like you know really rise through. I mean, it's I realistically know that, and I think part of it is like I do what I do because it's like I want you to see that not everyone is going to be successful in the way that Drake is successful or Nicki Minaj or, you know, Megan Thee Stallion is successful. That is right. success. Right. But what you will see is the true grind of every artist and the true attitude. And, you know, I'm sure there are people that listen to some of my interviews and they go, no, nah, you're not going to make it because they can tell the difference between true love. And there are people that I know are not going to make it because I'm like, I can see that you're doing this for the cash, not because you like what you do. And there is a real yeah. difference in the type of interview Absolutely. that happens. Absolutely. I agree 100%. 100%. Well, I mean, <sighs> how do you get through those days you want to quit? Because, like, you know, you've done cool shit, but, like... You really just said a lot right there. I was just thinking about how I wanted to respond. But <laughs> success, right? Success is really relative. You know what I'm saying? Like, if everyone, if you're basing your success of, oh, my God, I have to go, you know, 10 billion on YouTube and go diamond and I have to have $50 million mansion in Canada. All right. You know, that's a su superior wealth and other shit. But success can be way different to somebody. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, would I love to, you know, be blessed with a fucking trillion dollars and be able to fucking walk on gold Nikes and pissed weed and all this shit. Yeah, of course. But not for nothing, I did some cool shit. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, bucket list wise, just recording songs with Raekwon, um, Prodigy, and fucking uh, DJ Paul from 36 Mafia, because 36 Mafia is one of my favorite groups. Um, that for me was like a dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, th those are moments in my mind that no one can ever take away from me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm already one of those people that's so grateful. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was in prison before, you know what I'm saying? I came from having lost it all and having to figure out how to start from scratch and rebuild it. And that's when I actually started taking music serious. The first half of my life, I was in the street and I was rapping and I had deals on the table when I was young, but I didn't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? I didn't care about music. I mean, I loved it. But I, I, it wasn't it, it wasn't enough to drive me back then. You know what I'm saying? I was in the wrong place mentally. You know what I'm saying? I had to grow up as a man and figure out, okay, that way of life is not going to work. You know what I'm saying? There's just no positive ending there. What do you really love? Well, you love music. Well, if you're really going to do this, you're going to have to take it seriously and actually move and think and be an artist. You know what I'm saying? Not just picking up a mic and rapping. There's a lot that goes into that. And I'm more of a writer. Like, I literally write. 
Um, I, I was fortunate enough that John Gotti um, picked the song that I wrote and made it the title track for his movie that came out with John Travolta a few years ago. Um, so, like, you know, I take pride in that pen. You know what I'm saying? So <sighs> through the hard days, you just have to know when you did it from the right place, you know, it, it can never rain forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like there's that competitiveness and you see other motherfuckers doing good and you're like, damn, but I, I know I feel like I'm better than that guy, but he's getting all the credit and I'm like, whatever. You know, if you can, if you live with that type of energy though and that type of spirit inside you, it just eats you up and makes you a negative, nasty person. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I've never been a hater. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I definitely am someone that supports my friends. Um, I support people I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm someone who believes that everybody deserves a shot and a chance. You know what I'm saying? And, and that I'm no one to judge. You know what I'm saying? So I don't do things that I don't want them done to me. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, I think I'm lucky, though. I have children that I love very much that I have always definitely been since their birth. Um, my motivation to keep going, you know what I'm saying? And to keep finding new ways. You know what I'm saying? I got some really special projects coming with some really, really special artists joining me on these projects. I've been quiet, kind of like relaxing for the last few months, preparing some of this stuff. But, you know, I got some big things coming, you know what I'm saying? And behind them, some big plans, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, there's no right way to do the wrong thing. So sometimes I think, you know, having patience in this game is important too. If you're not patient and you think that things are just going to happen overnight sometimes, like, or most of the time, you're just delusional, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do they say? The overnight celebrity was like 10, 15 years or some shit. Like, yeah, you know, 10 years to overnight success. I love that saying. Yeah, you got to grind, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I literally just look to my children and the fact that I know I accomplished so much that even though some days are fucking fucked up and hard as hell, I know I, I know things can be done and it's never over. You know what I'm saying? Like, like today, I'll give you the perfect example. I have a paralegal degree. I have aspirations of maybe one day going to law law school, um, having my record expunged, and maybe practicing law one day and helping guys that are in trouble that don't have the money and can need some assistance. You know what I'm saying? And I had a, a lawsuit going on, and I decided to fire the lawyer and represent myself and go pro se for shits and giggles. I felt like I knew the law enough. I've studied the law. I know courtroom procedure. I said, the worst that could happen is I lose. I was already prepared to lose. You know what I'm saying? And I went in there today and I kicked ass. And I actually made an application that was granted by the judge. And the opposing counsel, the plaintiff, wasn't against it. So it was like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it was just more proof to me that, like, literally, you can moonlight as a fucking lawyer, podcaster, car driver, rap, you know. There's no limit to what you can do in life when you put your mind to it and you believe in yourself. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, patience, confidence, these are all the ingredients to get through the dark days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, when, and I always think about it, you know, when that saying is one of my favorites, because it's like, for me, I can like see the goals. That's if I dropped one podcast every week for 10 years, that's 500 episodes in a row. That's not dropping. So we ain't even close to 500. So like in that, I'm like, we're not there yet. It's not that 10 year mark. And I think, you know, when, for me personally, like I have, I have those checkers, like, okay, 
But yeah, you've been doing this for a while, but it ain't 10 years yet. You got to be patient. And, and part of it is also like, and a big thing that changed for me was like, you want, you should want people around you to be successful because you're automatically going to be more successful. So those feelings of like competitiveness or envy, those are human feelings and they're okay. But like, you need to support the people around you because you're only going to benefit from that. And then they're going to see you supporting them. Like, don't be the hater. It's the worst. Like, there are so many people who are just jealous of their friend's success and they shoot themselves in the foot because why would you have your friends do well? Like you want your friends to do well. It really just says that they're really not your friends. Like that. My mom always used to tell me when I was in, she was, she would size people up quick. And I, 90, 95% of the time she was right. She would say, that guy's not your friend. He doesn't, he's jealous of you. I'm telling you. And I'd be like, ah, you, mom, you don't know. He's a good guy. Lo and behold, she was right. And I mean in the worst way. Like she ended up like calling out some people that did things to me that really affected my life in a bad way. And that if I would have listened to her early on, I might have been able to nip that in the bud and it never would happen. But, you know, I always was the type of person that gave people the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, I wanted to look out for people and be a good guy. And a lot of times a good guy gets fucked. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, crazy, 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 crazy. Man. I think listen to your parents. In a weird way, like sometimes your parents really know what they're talking about. They've been around. <laughs> you know, they see, they, they've experienced people. They know who's no, – there's like a gut instinct. And I think we try to yeah. trick ourselves out of our gut instinct to give the people the benefit of the doubt. But yeah. do you, I'm sure you felt that like instinctually there's something about them that's off. Even, But you want – you wanted to give them the yeah, chance, you know? I, I definitely, well, maybe not in the moment. Maybe I, well, I'll say that I noticed things that maybe there, I maybe, maybe take a quick little look, but nothing like that. But in retrospect, oh, there was a lot of red flags. You know what I'm saying? When I really like took a serious look at things, I was turning a blind eye to a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you definitely um, should go with your gut. You know, even if it's an inkling, that little inkling is probably being held back by a lot, but trying to break through. So, yeah, you know, definitely go with your intuition. You know what I'm saying? After those certain points of my life, and I really started to listen to my gut, a lot of things changed. I actually avoided a lot of trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I started to really listen to what the universe was telling me, I, I got smarter, 100%. Well, it's weird that, like, your gut instinct is like a – it's nature. That's your body's way of going, hey, this, something's not right. Yeah. And we've all been there. We're like, before shit goes down, your gut or your body is like, you got to get the fuck out of wherever this is. And then you don't listen. And then two minutes later, shit goes down. You're like, I'm an idiot. I had the warning yeah. sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that, it's that internal or reaction, fight or flight adrenaline kicking, you know what I'm saying? Where you like, you know what I'm saying? And you're right. It's definitely, um, uh, you end up learning the lesson the hard way a lot of times when you don't trust your gut, you know what I'm saying? So, well, but yeah, man. Interesting that you uh, want to follow a law path. I actually did a law degree when I was at uni. So, oh, uh, and, and I did the opposite. I decided, nah, fuck that. It's not for me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it is, it is super interesting and it's super, it's super challenging, honestly. Like, you know, respect like anyone who goes oh, down yeah. that path. 
Yeah. I mean, even right now in my free time, um, I volunteer um, for a non-for-profit agency called the Remedy Project. And the Remedy Project is a agency that basically trains. We, we're, we work in conjunction with Columbia University, which is an Ivy League school. And we basically train the students, right, um, to file grievances on behalf of incarcerated individuals that are having institutional remedy problems. So, you know, a guy might be, you know, um, not educated. He doesn't, he, he didn't learn how to read or write or, or maybe there's like a language issue and they don't know how to do the paperwork to get their law work sent in correctly. We help these students file these grievances because it's a lot harder for the system to attack college students than it is for them to attack, you know, wannabe lawyers or law firms and shit like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's different because I was on the side of, you know, systemic injustice. I understand how flawed this American prison system and this court system is. And I know that since I know it from the inside out, I could actually really help people. You know what I'm saying? Like I have, I won an appeal I, I, from, I've, I've definitely done some stuff, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like, you know, in the spare time that I have in life, I think a lot of people just waste their time. Like if I can afford to go to school a couple, you know, nights a week or during the day when I'm free to empower myself and further my, my education and knowledge, because knowledge is power, then I should do that. I think most people should do that. I still read books. I don't need, I, none of my friends that I know like that read books like that. I'm a big book reader. You know what I'm saying? I get that from my father. But, you know, like, I, I always felt that, you know, and you, you brought a pun before, big pun that said it, it's not who's the livest, it's who's the wisest. You know what I'm saying? The smart guy is a badass dude, man. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely, um, I, I love law for that. I feel like you can correct some of the wrongs if you know how to apply it properly. So for me, that's, um, that intrigues me. And what I liked about it is that it's gray. It's all gray area. And like what you really are taught in law school is not the law, but a different way of thinking, how to read things and be like, okay, how do I make this work for me? How do I interpret this in a way that makes sense? Or like, that's what it is. So like at uni, what I didn't learn the same, the skills of like, oh, now I'm going to be a good lawyer or now I'm going to be good. What they teach you is, how to think about it. And that's what I learned the most is like, all right, think at a different level. If you're going to make your argument, you got to come up with something interesting. You got to come up with a way that they never thought before. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. It's funny because I, I literally watched numerous cases that were called before mine. I didn't have to, because I knew what time they were going to call me, but I find it interesting. And then I actually learned things by watching the cases that I was able to implement today. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, at the end of the day, I think I'm kind of just someone who is a junkie for information. And I, I always found, it, even like with women, you know what I'm saying? I always liked a smart woman. You know what I'm saying? I, I could never have been with some chick who was just hot. That, that doesn't do it for me. Like if we can't have a conversation about something and I don't really fuck with you mentally, there's nothing there, you know what I'm saying? And I'm definitely at an age where, you know, just having sex casually, that, that, you know, that ain't it. You know what I'm saying? We're looking for deeper, 
meeting relationships and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I bro. Do agree with you. I'm my, I mean, my family is always like, you know, obviously, you know, sleeping with a girl is different to, you know, dating someone seriously, but I always know for me to date someone seriously, I need to be able to talk to you about anything all the time because like, I just want to talk. I want to wake up. I want to talk when we're having breakfast, we're talking when we're going for a walk, whatever. I like, we're always talking, but if I feel that it's a struggle that I have to search for the next conversation, I'm like, this is not going to work. Imagine doing this for 20 years. Fuck. That. Yeah. That's like a nightmare. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, imagine, imagine like you meet a girl or oh, she's like got a lot of great quality. She's fine as hell. Bah, 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 bah. But she don't fucking like hip hop. And she doesn't understand your passion for, you know, being in like a reporter, you know what I'm saying? Like, and for, you know, like really delving into this culture. How the fuck would that work? You know what I'm saying? Cause you love this shit. I see it in your face. You got hip hop in your heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's why, like, you know, those type of connections from the soul are extremely important. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, I, and I'm someone that definitely believes that you can pass bad energy. I, I definitely feel like in my life, I had dealt with the wrong females at times and that there was negative energy that was trying to, like, latch on to me. And if I would have kept diving in this pool that energy was going to engulf me. You know what I'm saying? And like the minute like I stopped fucking with the energy, my life became better. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you definitely got to be careful what you deal with in life. <laughs> it is funny that you say that like, um, you know, they have to be into hip hop because like for me, it's like you may not have to be into it, but you got to be okay with me talking about it all the time, playing the music all the time. And I don't care if it's you don't love it, but like okay. you, you know That's that fair. I do. So you got to support that like, Part of what I do involves me listening to it. It involves me talking about it. And I talk to you, like I talk to people around me about it because it helps me understand it better. That's for me, it's like a learning tool. So it's like, if you tell me something and and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I'm going to retell that story so that it sticks with me. And I'm like, okay, that's a piece of knowledge that I have. And then I'm going to listen to music and I'm going to try show you music so that I can try explain it to you because it helps yeah. me understand what I'm listening to even more. Like the other day, me and my brother, he's never listened to Capital Punishment by Big Pun. And I've been talking about it for years. So we listen to hip hop at all ever? He does. He he okay. he's okay. more into modern hip hop. And then okay. I've been talking about him being like, go back. And he started to go back and appreciate he's older younger. He's younger than me, but okay. Yeah. So he's 23 right now. Okay. So I've been like, you know, trying to get him into it. And then I was like, you know what? We'll get, he was like, do you want to listen to an album together? And we listened to Big Pun, Capital Punishment. And I was like, and he finally understands why I'm like, there's no one else better. I don't see how you can see that there's honestly, like there's no one that can, if head to head, could anyone beat Pun at his best? And I think the answer is no. I mean, he definitely, I think, is one of the legends that doesn't get enough credit. And a lot, you know, and a lot of times people say it's because he's Puerto Rican, Spanish, like that the Spanish guys don't get enough respect like the rest of the guys. That's like a whole other inside industry thing that I've heard. So, you know, it's possible. You know what I'm saying? But he definitely is top to me. 
top five, and I don't put any of them in order. So it's like he's in there with Big L, Biggie, Jay Z, Nas. And I'm like he's with those guys. You know what I'm saying like, you know, like he is crazy. He had the least amount of music. You know what I'm saying? So imagine if he would have had the opportunity to keep going, like him and Biggie both. You know what I'm saying like, like so much music would have just went so many different ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, one yeah. was special. That album was definitely a one of one hip hop classic. Five mics. Period. Tress Leches is one of my favorite songs of all time. I love that beat. Same Every track is a killer. You know, Boomerang, Beware, Twins. His verse on Twins is one that I've memorized just so I can be like. Even both versions of Still Not a Player are dope. The more commercial yeah. one and the original. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm like, not a player, yeah. And he, he, he spits some disgusting shit, but at the same time, he spits like wise shit at the same time. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like listen to the flow, but listen to what he's actually saying. And he was someone that made being lyrical cool. A lot of times if you're too lyrical, you all oh, you the backpack rapper or you're this stuff, but they're not, nah, you're just nice, bro. Like the guy's just nice. And he was able to teeter that line of like gangster, thuggish, poppy, chulo, mainstream dude, big guy with the hot chick on his lap. Slash lyrical fucking annihilator, terminator, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he he'll just, beat you lyrically, physically, hypothetically, realistically. Like, that yeah. is, I heard that for the first time. I was like, that is sick. Like, I mean, that's like, like I, said I that. that's one of the best lines in hip hop ever. That line that you just said is crazy. That, yeah. That, that, that right there is like saying anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson. Like, those type of lines are like, Damn, who could think of that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and that's what I think is so cool about hip hop too. It makes your imagination like you gotta like visualize some of this shit, see it in your head. And I got a real vivid imagination, so like claymation figures act the whole shit out. I can see it like you know real live. So hell yeah, capital punishment, man. But I think uh, the yeah. reason he doesn't get the props that he does is because his later projects, his health really affected his legacy. So you can hear, and, and I showed my brother and I was like, you can hear the difference in his voice. It's labored. It's in capital yeah. punishment. It's smooth. It's coming out. You know, he's a big yeah, guy yeah, in capital yeah, punishment, yeah. but the voice, it really loses something after that. Yeah. There was a lot um, more pausing in the deliveries as well. And you can hear the breath control. You're right. You studied it. You're right. You're right. But um, but yeah, nah. And Big L is one of those guys who I'm like, you know, listen to what he was doing. But this is because I agree with you. I think the golden era of hip hop, quote unquote, golden era. I think you know there are artists in different eras, and I think you should probably split eras because it's just completely different. You can't compare, you know, '90s to 2020. It's just different sound, different technique. It's like I mean, a different I genre. I was the guy that, right, even though I was born and raised in New York City, you know what I'm saying, literally, like, when I pull this down, you can see the Brooklyn Bridge right here, but the glare will blind you. Um, <laughs> but I also, uh, my mother, uh, I'm half Puerto Rican from here, but my mother is Mexican from Texas. So I would go back and forth from New York to Texas yearly since I was a child, you know what I'm saying? So... When I, when I first heard the Ghetto Boys, I fell in love with the Ghetto Boys just as much as I was in love with Wu-Tang the first time because I was there in that environment. And when you're in these environments and you're feeling 
their way of telling the story is different. You know what I'm saying? Like when I first heard Master P, I'm about it, about it. I'm like, yo, this song is crazy. This shit is next level gangster. This beat, who does? Like, what is this? I understood it just like Three Six Mafia. To me, you know, the the greatest groups, Bob D, Wu Tang, Gangstar, thing, and then Three Six Mafia because Three Six Mafia literally invented the trap sound that every single artist uses now. Whether they're from Atlanta, they're from fucking Tennessee, Texas, every repetitive hi hat. The snare, the way they layered their drums, everything was a pattern and a copy of Three Six Mafia. Because they were dropping music in '90. You know what I'm saying? Like they invented slang. Like, and, and you know, and people often forget that there's a lot of greats everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, there's a obviously we're talking, you know, top five rappers. You know, we're speaking of a certain liberal content. But we're talking about greatest artists and albums. Like, I have Doggy Style in my top five of greatest albums of all time. Snoop, to me, is one of the greatest artists of all time, period. That's why he's, like, to me, the most well-received rapper, even though he was a gangster, God, court cases, crip, all this stuff. But he embodied so much more. You know what I'm saying? His voice, his tone, his demeanor, his look, everything. Like, he had all the elements what it is to be uh, a, um, a fucking groundbreaking master of what he does. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so I'm definitely someone that values the talent from everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So, well, it's like Ice Cube to me. You know, if I look at Ice Cube, like, God, bro. like lyrically one of the best, but also Absolutely. he made his transition into mainstream fame. And Absolutely. one of the first rappers to be able to do that. Like, and he did some dog shit movies. Like, let's be real. He did some trash kids movies. But, like, think <laughs> about it. He's a guy who rapped the most violent shit. And then oh, he yeah. did kids movies. And now rappers are like, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. He definitely, Ice Cube is definitely one of my favorites. I mean, you know, his music definitely timeless. I mean, even all the shit that he wrote for Easy, you know what I'm saying? And Dr. Dre back then, like the guy was a super talent. And even though, you know, half of the movies were not great and I definitely was not a fan, I get like like 50 and Jay and Puff and all these guys as they're evolving. He was figuring out his way, you know what I'm saying? He definitely made Friday. He made some good cult classics. He got a fucking basketball league now, like. Bro, he's badass, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, like, 21 Jump Street was funny and 22 Jump Street, they were funny. Like, but, you know, he just showed he's, you can make your way out. You don't have to be only an artist. And I, I, yeah. I got to say, hip hop is the genre that showed that you don't just have to be a musician. And I got to say, it's a mindset of like, you know, originally street dudes who are yeah. not going to stick and not going to be like, you can put me in a box but I'm not going to do it. And that's why Jay-Z is so good. That's why, you know, Dre is so good. Is like, like they found their way out and then they're like, nah, fuck this. I can do more. And so they do more. And so, and I think, you know, when we go back to Joe Biden, he figured out like music was his way. And then he's like, you know what, I'm going to transition again and I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to be my, my own person. So that's why I love hip hop. It's more than like just music. It's a culture. It's a mindset. And like, not not living there, I I can look at look in on it. Like I don't come from the culture 
I don't, my yeah. parents never listened to it, but like there's something about the mindset and the grind and the never give up that is really cool to me. It's universal. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop pulls on the heartstrings of the warrior, the survival, the struggler, the, the have nots, the dreamers, whole fucking range of millions of people, really, when you think about it. And you're right. It gives you, it's that outlet, like, hey, you know, th there's not only another way, there's a few ways. This is just a conduit maybe for you to explore all these other avenues, you know what I'm saying? But definitely to me, I, I definitely remember, I think it was around the time when you heard the 50 album, around 2003, around that time when I started to see just how powerful that shit really had become. Like, it really changed the world, to be honest, the way I see it. Like, hip-hop music changed the world. Like, it became the most biggest marketed fucking branding tool for like everything from fucking food. Look at the new song that this guy Pusha T did yesterday yeah. about yeah, Arby's. Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He kind of killed it. You know what I'm saying? In a funny way, like he was being serious, like, but like, come on, bro, we're talking about meats and shit. Like, but bro, look at that shit. And imagine how much he got paid for that. Well, yeah, Snoop Dogg gets paid for menu log. How much cash for those shitty menu log ads? But like, yep. but what I, I like, I honestly believe there is a feeling that cannot be replicated by any genre other than hip hop. There is a hip hop track for every single mood. And there's a reason why it's always played before sports. It's always played on ads. It's played in movies. It's played ever because there is an undeniable, you're like, fuck yes, this is gangster shit. Like I can feel it in my bones. Like I guess. So what did you think of the, of the halftime performance for the Super Bowl? I love that. I loved it too. I mean, I got nothing but love for shit like that. Like you know, yeah, to have too. Dre, me Snoop Dogg, Crip walking. You know, everyone was like kind of annoyed at Eminem. All right, whatever. I don't really care. I just love that it yeah. was a hip hop spectacle in you LA. Like Fifty Cent dropping down like he's you know into cave <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I definitely saw that shit and i'm like damn we came a long fucking way bro because it was beautiful you know what i'm saying it was beautiful and it just showed you know what i'm saying that, that there's a lot more positivity than it often gets credit for you know what i'm saying like you know it, the struggle is hard and it started in i think a rough time in america based on the crack epidemic and shit like that, because all those things are coincide together because of where hip hop came from in the inner city and where they were dropping these drugs off. So, you know, it's, it's deep, man. You know what I'm saying? It's deep, but look how powerful it is that you said, you know, you're not born of the culture, but the culture has embraced you. Like you love it. You know what I'm saying? And here you are fucking all the way across the world and you hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, welcome home, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're yeah. hip-hop. You know? It's the best. I always say, like, you know, if you don't listen to it, it's you're missing out because, to be honest, it is just – it's it's never going to die because nope. it is nope. too big and it influences too much. And yep. the, the artistry in itself requires more than people give respect because they're like, oh, you're just taking someone else's sound and you're creating a beat from somebody else's sound. Yeah. You're you're not singing, you're just talking. It's like... Oh, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I hear that all the time. I'm like, you try, honestly. Try yeah. do, and try do... To run your bars. 
Yeah, right. But also, I'm like, but what you don't understand is you got to find the pockets. You can't just, it's not like you and I are just talking here and you put a beat on it and it sounds good. You, you, have, to, you have to feel it. Like the delivery has to be real. Like it has to have a cadence. There's like, I mean, you know, there's like frequencies that a human can hit when you're in a certain zone, like that make, um, that, that are pleasant to the ear. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot to it. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely more complex than people believe. Even production sampling is in itself an art and extremely complicated to truncate and really extract something and really piece together or chop up something and create something new out of it. Like, what, man, that shit is hard as hell. Especially back in the day when the first NPCs only had like eight seconds of sample time. That's nothing. Now, because of Pro Tools and computers, it's unlimited. So, you know, but it used to be extremely complex. You know what I'm saying? You know, the hip hop definitely, and I love all, I love a lot of music. I love some rock. I love some jazz. I love some of my parents' Spanish stuff. I, I like some country shit. I, 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 there's some music in all genres that I can fuck with. But you said it. There's just nothing that creates a feeling in you like hip hop, man. Like, like when I hear Dear Mama, depending on where I'm at, I might drop a tear for the love that I have for my mom and our turbulent relationship when we were when I was younger. That it, that song it, it it hits me in a way, and it and it always has. You know, twenty something years fucking later. You know what I'm saying? Like. I love my mom. I was I was an only child. My father ended up having kids later on, but my mom, no, I just that was it. So it was me and her. And through even the hard times at the end of the day, I always appreciated her. And there's no way I could pay her back with the plans to show her that I understand. So it's like, you know, the hip hop really, you know, it just finds its way into your life so much and so deep that it's different, man. Yeah. And honestly, there is a song for every mood. You know, and, you know, people talk about, especially a few old school artists talk about, you know, new school and, and they're like, they don't say the same thing lyrically, but I'm like, you still got to listen to it artistically because I look at someone like Young Thug and I'm like, okay, he doesn't spit the same bars, but like, listen to what he's doing with his voice. Listen to the interesting things, you know, Travis Scott, same thing. He's got such a good ear for a sound, such a unique sound. And then you've got- as instruments, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I get it. Young Thug is the perfect example, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get that. I've studied a lot about him. I've seen a lot of interviews on him. I think the Vice interviews were good on Noisy when they showed him and how he was and whatever. But yeah, he definitely has a frequency that is of his own. And he's learned how to, you know, use auto tune and Melodyne and all these other studio functions to kind of create his own sound you know what i'm saying like so whether you like it or not it's different and no one's doing what he does exactly you know what i'm saying so you, I, I respect anyone who creates you know what i'm saying like so i'm not out here hating something my favorite artist hardly do i think that you know masculine rappers should be wearing dresses no that's my personal opinion but do i think he's made some fucking hot records in the club that bang yes does my son like some of his music in this younger generation? Yes. Do I understand it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if it sounds good, it sounds good. Who gives a shit? I don't care what you wear as long as it sounds good. I don't care what you do. <laughs> That's all I want is good music. Do whatever you want. I, I couldn't care less. 
You make good yeah. shit. You make good shit. That's undeniable. So like, yeah, you know, it's just that's that's always been my view. Is like I don't give a shit about your politics. I don't give a shit about you know what you do. I don't give a shit about your your orientation, your beliefs. All I want is sick tracks. If you give me sick tracks, I'm gonna fuck with it no matter what. And you know, hey, that's just who I am. You're the perfect hip hop rap connoisseur for sure. For sure. Well, man, it's been, you know, I'm all aware of taking up too much of your time. We were, we were talking about, you know, how much, but I feel like time flies. Whenever you talk about someone who's like into it, it's like you can talk about it forever. We'll just have to do this again. But obviously, Dax Empire, I've got one more question for you. And it's going to be Absolutely. the hardest question. Um, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to to get an appreciation of, cannot be your own, can be any genre. What would it be? Hmm. That's interesting. Now you said that's not my own, right? Yeah. Okay. Because to um, be to be honest, if you asked me and it was like something you should listen to, I'd say the podcast. But so I was like, I know the artists too well. They want to plug their own shit. We'll plug your shit after. But like, I want yeah. this to be like a tough question. Okay. Put it like this. If if I had to pick a song off an album, a project, right, by an artist, to put in a time capsule to represent, you know, what I feel is a best representation of hip hop where I come from, or how I like it, I would probably have to put Nas Illmatic slash New York State of Mind as a single into that time capsule. I think that that album for me, even though he's not my favorite rap artist, I got him after Jay and, and Pac and Big and Pun and them. I, he's definitely obviously one of the greatest ever, but I think that that album is arguably the greatest, one of the greatest hip hop albums ever, if not the best. And I think that New York State of Mind as a record itself really takes you into the mind of a young, savage, New York hip-hop teenager in his ascension into wherever the hell he was going to go. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I would say Nas Ilmatic and, you know, the album starts off with New York State of Mind. So, yeah. Not to be disappointed with that album. It, that That is one of the albums where there's no skippable track. Every track is absolute fire. Um, but I actually saw a video the other day, I think it was like from three years ago and I forget which radio station they were trying to find. I think the BBC in the UK tried to rate the, the best hip hop track of all time. And they had like, just like the most iconic that represented everything. And I think they had Biggie's Juicy. And it's actually a hard question to find, you know, which track is one, you know, maybe one for the listeners to think on, but that was the one they had. You know, I had ones like in my mind that came was like um, a children's story by Slick Rick is one of those no, because it influenced so many people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't place a children's story at like a wedding, but you'd play Juicy at a wedding. So like maybe it doesn't hit and that's what they were talking about is like what's the I most universal, but like, um, yeah. No, nah, man, as I said, Dax Empire came through. Um, I appreciate you coming through. Please make sure you're checking out um, some love. Um, Anytime, man.
Yeah, it was absolute pleasure. But yeah, when are your albums dropping? What have you got coming up next? Where can people find you? I definitely got a special project coming out with my man, Mr. Slash. He's from Paris. Um, we've got about 13 songs done right now. Finishing up a couple more, but it's going to be an amazing project with some very, very, very well-respected artists that people really checking for now. Um, yeah, it's going to be very dope. I, I got some things coming out, man. So definitely stay tuned. My Spotify has everything. Apple Music, anywhere you go, it's there. You know what I'm saying? Check me out, Dax Empire. The catalog is extensive. and You might find something that you like. Make sure you check him out on IG. Throw him a follow. Show him some love. Um, you know, any anything that, that you got in terms of support, we, we always want to hear it. But yeah, as I said, absolute pleasure. Appreciate you coming through and uh, talking about hip hop. We barely talked about you, man. Next time we'll have to talk about you a little bit more because we just got down the hip hop route. Absolutely. I I definitely like being that artist, though, that, you know, the culture is bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes if we can just have a conversation about maybe just some of the things that I've been through seeing and heard that necessarily don't have to do with me per se, I'm all for it, man. You know what I'm saying? So next time, Maybe we'll do like an exclusive listening session and play some new records with some big features on there and give your listeners something exclusive to check out. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's stay in touch and I'll talk to you soon for sure, bro. Sure, that sounds like a great idea. Let me know when it's coming out. We can sort something out and uh, give our listeners some. Absolutely, man. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.